Welcome to Equip, a special edition of the Teen Pact podcast brought to you by the Teen Pact Alumni Network. Here, we provide tools and resources to help you navigate your career, grow in your faith, and equip you to glorify God through your talents and passions. Thanks for joining us. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Equip, which is a monthly podcast produced by the Team Pact Alumni Network for the purpose of encouraging you in areas of leadership, spiritual growth, and career development. My name is Carlin Sullivan. I'll be your host today, and I am super excited about the guest we will be speaking with today. Her name is Clara Sylvester. Some of you may know her as Clara Costello in the Team Pact world because that's how she was known when she was a student an intern and even at national convention. We'll be talking about that in a little bit as well. So Clara, welcome. We are thrilled to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> you uh, you may have graduated as a high school student and, and as a college student, but you are still involved with Team Pack, for which we are eternally grateful. So tell us a little bit um, about your life update, what you're doing now, um, and where life has you. Yeah, absolutely. So my husband, Daniel, and I live in Kansas City, Missouri. I work at Midwestern Seminary as the assistant director of events. And um, that means I help plan conferences and work with sponsors and help disciple about 25 student leaders. Um, yeah, Carlin mentioned that I was a intern with Team Pact. I was an intern in 2016, and I'm so thankful to still be involved, actually. I work as the visionary director for a national convention with Quinn and Serena and help um, build the bonjours and develop the theme and all sorts of things like that. So, so thankful for my time with uh, team Pact, and I'm so thankful to still be involved. So yeah, this is really fun for me. And I believe that there's an expansion to your family coming soon. Yes, my husband and I are welcoming a son in June. So we're very excited. I'm actually trying to finish my degree in May and we are in the process of renovating our kitchen. So <laughs> trying to get those things done. Uh, well, I have a kitchen working and, and working order for a baby to come. So yeah. Um, and we've always been super grateful. Your family has been intimately involved with Team Pact over the years, your parents serving as state coordinators, your brother's involvement and all that. So, yes. so the Costellos, now the Sylvesters have been around and we are um, have been blessed. Um, Clara, I've had the privilege of knowing you since maybe you were 15 or 16 years old and have always been impressed by your maturity, um, particularly your, your spiritual maturity. And I think you have been so kind to share a lot of that wisdom with Nat Khan and doing the bonjours, but particularly a woman of prayer. And so today I'd love to talk about um, some different spiritual disciplines that we as believers can, can practice um, and make a priority in our life. Because as we know, those um, often the quiet time spending with the Lord, at, the, at least in my case, can be the first um, items to come off the to-do list, um, or come out of practice when life gets busy. And that's probably, you know, the, the, the one thing that shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. So when we think about ways to grow in our faith, um, and to know God more intimately, there are, um, lots of disciplines and you and I talked about some before, but I like to really kind of focus on, on, um, spending time in prayer and then spending time in the word, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, growing up as a, in a Christian home, my husband and I uh, raised our raised our children in a believing home. And, you know, the terms quiet time and daily devotionals and things like that that you want to instill in your children. Those are some some common terms. 
Um, but you had a really good word picture when you were talking about prayer and um, and Bible intake, which I, I really like that better than maybe like a quiet time because, um, you know, quiet time can, can mean lots of different things, but really focusing in on the Bible. So what, tell us a little bit about that, um, the word picture that we talked about when it came um, to reading scripture and praying. Yeah, I have been working with my small group through Donald Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, and he actually uh, comes up with this concept. So this is not original to me. If you've heard it before, uh, this is me attributing credit that he talks about time in the word and prayer being like breathing that we inhale scripture and we exhale prayer. And so reading scripture is that intake and then prayer is the breathing out. And I think that that's really helpful because you're right. Like the word discipline has connotations. The word quiet time has connotations, uh, but breathing is something that we all do. Um, and I think it's even helpful to think about like we don't always have to think about breathing. It should just be something that we do. And so seeing that as um, a picture for how we should look at um, spiritual disciplines, I think is really helpful. Um, and something I've been thinking a lot about recently, even in just prepping and praying for this podcast is just the idea of spiritual disciplines and that terminology. You know, I don't think it's called disciplines because we get in trouble per se, if we don't do them, but because it takes discipline to care about spiritual things, it is really hard work to be disciplined means that we have to prioritize and be diligent. And it's really easy, honestly, to do other things instead of being disciplined. Uh, and so I think having that um, picture of like discipline, not necessarily being like, oh, this is something that I have to do uh, or else I'll get in trouble, but being something that I have to work hard at, uh, I think is a much better kind of understanding and place to come from when talking about learning how to practice prayer and Bible intake and things like that. Exactly. Um, I read a book recently and any book that we reference um, on this podcast for our listeners, that will be in the show notes for um, future reference. But one of the great, really great books I've read recently was by John Mark Comer called um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And one thing that really stuck out to me is he encouraged you to take the um, take the time, two to three minutes to just kind of sit and be quiet before reading or praying and just um, settling your mind. And I found that to be so helpful and not easy. It is not easy yeah. to clear your mind. You know, he even said, start with 30 seconds and see if you can get to it, trying to just really clear your mind. Because when we do that, we quiet the outside world. And obviously you don't have your cell phone sitting next to you. Um, so, you know, I, I can get so easily distracted. So to me, that's been super, super helpful. And um, I think when we were talking before the podcast, we were discussing different ways to even pray that we don't have to be, it doesn't have to look the same every day for every person. So what are some ways that you have found to keep your mind focused when you are practicing the discipline of prayer? Yeah, so many different things. And I think that's really helpful. A uh, key is to realize that it doesn't look the same for every person and it doesn't look the same in every season. So whether that's um, finding different um, areas to pray in. You know, when I, when I was in high school, I had a prayer closet that I'd go into and having that like a specific place, like helped me really focus. But right now in this season of my life, praying out loud is really helpful for me. Praying while I'm driving is really helpful for me because I can't do anything else. Um, mm -hmm. Praying while I'm walking or actually writing out my prayers is really helpful for me. And so I think 
sometimes we have this idea of prayer where it's like, all right, I got to close my eyes and then I'll just know what to do or know like what to do with my time. And so realizing that, yeah, you can be really intentional and strategic about how you pray. If that means you um, have prayer requests on note cards and you're working through different note cards for each day and different categories. Right now I have a timer that is set or like a little reminder that goes off on my phone three times a day. And that just gives me an opportunity to remember, hey, I should pause right now and just pray. It doesn't have to be for super long, doesn't always have to be about the same thing, but it kind of just puts me in that posture to remember that, man, prayer helps me communicate with the Lord. Prayer helps me humble myself. Prayer helps me remember that um, I'm not in control. God is the one that is. Uh, and that his control is not just this like, cold sovereignty, but that he's a good father who loves to give good gifts and loves to hear our prayers. Uh, and so I should pray um, in submission to that, but also in a desire to just talk with my father all of the time. And so whatever that practical thing looks like for you, whether you're writing songs or uh, in your car or praying out loud, it should be something that is consistent more than anything um, and word-centered, which is where that intake um, comes in when we are praying what we've read in scripture, there's a lot of confidence that comes from that. Cause I know that I'm not just praying something that I'm feeling, but I'm actually praying what is coming out of the word. And so I can have a lot of confidence um, in those prayers when I pray them. What do you mean when you say praying the scriptures? You hear that terminology and I'm sure there might be some listeners who have never heard that term before. Well, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I would just say like, man, when we read scripture, so when we read a passage of scripture, we should pray that back to the Lord. So I don't think that means reciting every word, but I often think it means um, praying concepts that we see when we see um, scriptures talk about, say, a concept of humility. We should pray about what does humility look like in our lives? Where are we lacking humility? Where do we need the Spirit's help to grow? Um, maybe you see a psalm of lament or a psalm of rejoicing, and you're in a season of life where you're really walking through grief or you're really having a hard time finding things to rejoice about. Um, using those psalms like as a prayer is a really great way to talk to the Lord. Uh, I think especially with concepts like lament and grief, this is really helpful because it helps us know like, wow, scripture actually gives me um, space to feel and to grieve and to be sad and to bring these things to the Lord. But it's never just the expression of feelings. Mm -hmm. Almost every single Psalm has a response to the Lord or a expectation or a, a um, submission or, or recognition of trust in the Lord. So it's Lord, I'm grieving all these things. Lord, I'm feeling all of these things. And we can see all of that written out in scripture. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 are really great examples of that. Um, even Lamentations 3, my soul is bowed down within me. It's My suffering is continually brought to mind. So it's helpful to know, like scripture gives us a picture that sometimes our minds are carried away by the sorrow that comes with us. But the scripture doesn't leave it there. It says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And so that scripture tells us like, hey, don't be surprised if, your mind is constantly grieved all the time by affliction that you're walking through, but you don't just sit there. Instead, you call to mind the hope that you have in the Lord. You think on his character, you pray that back to him. And that is that in that inhale and exhale. Um, does that make sense? Does that help a little bit? Yeah, no, totally. I love what you were saying about how, you know, setting a reminder on thinking, Oh, that's a great idea for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure many people, because if you 
if you think about it, if, if you're married and you're spending the weekend with your spouse or you have a roommate or you have siblings in your home, you, you don't sit, you don't say good morning and then good night. There's lots of conversations yeah. throughout the day. And so isn't it interesting how the, you know, the, what should be the main relationship in our lives often receives the least amount of communication. Yeah. And um, something I've realized lately is prayer doesn't have to always be you know, dear father, you know, you don't have to go through formalized prayer and confess your sin and all that. It can just be a, Hey, you know, thanks for that great conversation. I just had that. That was really edifying to me. Let me be a better friend to that person. That, that can be a prayer. It doesn't have to be dear Lord, amen. And go through all this, you know, it can be because we don't speak to our spouses or parents or our siblings that formally, you know, husband, you know, or great wife like that. There, there are so many structures that are helpful. Yeah. It's like, I don't know where to start. What are, are, what are aspects I should involve in my prayer? And those things are totally helpful, but yeah. I often think that we get distracted or discouraged by what is ideal um, in like, okay, we got to include all of these different elements in our prayer, but we get overwhelmed by that, or we don't always know what to say in those things. And so take, for example, your ACTS prayer, you know, that yeah. acronym for um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Instead of having to do all of those things at once, maybe those are your di- four different pocket prayer times in the day. And yeah. like your first prayer pocket in the morning is just adoring the Lord and saying, you know, five things that come to mind um, that cause you to worship the Lord. And then that is it until your next prayer time. I think that that can be really helpful in helping us have structure to pray, um, but also not having to do it all at once or being so overwhelmed that we don't actually get to it. And this is the other part, I think, of um, praying scripture. There are lots of passages out there that give us outlines of concepts to pray or what specifically to pray. Matthew 5 and 6, um, Colossians 3, Ephesians 3, Colossians 1, all of these places have prayers. So if you need, you're like, what does the Bible say about prayer? What are biblical prayers? Just go read through the epistles and see what did Paul pray and pray those. Insert Mm -hmm. your circumstances into into those and pray those. That is really helpful um, prayer structure that is given to us. So you don't have to just come up with it on your own. Right. You know, there's there's just a balance, like you said, between being structured and being having it be infrequent and not so formalized, but also not having it be here's my wish list. You know, so yeah. I think that's great that you there is definitely a, a, a place always for adoration and confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. That's why the S is last. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do think when we're adoring and confessing and thanking somebody for something, our heart's desires, um, he's a good father. He will line our desires up with his desires his desires for us. So a good father is not going to have that in conflict. So that's something that we can, we can bank on for sure. Um, Let's just switch just a little bit to the Bible reading um, plans and different devotionals and things like that, that are out there, you know, reading through the Bible in a year is kind of a hot thing or reading through it in three years, um, reading it chronologically. Talk a little bit about some different techniques you have found to be helpful in um, choosing scripture because you can, you know, so versus just opening the Bible and pointing to a pointing to a chapter. How does one determine where to start in scripture and how much to read and how to, uh, you know, how to tackle that? Yeah, that's great. Um, 
you, you mentioned that there are a lot of different options, everything from a Bible reading plan where someone can tell you, you know, read this many chapters or this many verses, picking like a specific devotional or a word study where you're going through a specific um, chapter or book, I think can be really valuable. There's a ton of great resources out there um, of studies that are written for you. But I think in general, it, it is helpful for us to realize that the Bible is not just like a dictionary or a concordance of like, okay, here are life issues that I have. How can I flip around in the Bible to see what it says about my current situation? Instead, seeing the Bible as this big story about who God is and his redemption in the world really gives us a very different perspective about reading the Bible. So instead of seeing the Bible as I got to read this because God tells me what to do with my life seeing it instead as this is a story about who God is and how he has intended the world to um, function. And it tells me my place in the world really gives us a different perspective and causes us, I think, to get different things out of, um, out of what we're reading. Instead of just saying like, how does this apply to me? Or how should, um, what does this mean to me? We should instead say, what does this teach me about God and how should my life change and grow as a result of what I've read? And I think really, uh, I, I, this is something I was talking about with one of my, uh, the ladies that I was counseling earlier today that um, this is going to be really hard work. <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of work to acquire a taste for scripture and to take time to read and to interpret rightly and understand. And Hebrews 12 basically guarantees this. It says that it, discipline is going to be hard and painful. Uh, it's a, it says in verse 11 that for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so I think that's really helpful to remember is that we actually have to be trained by the spirit to like read and understand scripture and even to enjoy it. Um, but at some point we have to believe that like Bible intake is not just a suggestion from God or a recommendation from God, but the primary means of grace that God uses to grow us and change us. Psalm one answers the question, like, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be blessed? Uh, if the answer is yes, the picture of the happy man is there in verses three and four, the one who meditates on the Lord day and night, whose delight is in the instruction of the Lord. And Joshua one is really similar. It says, do you want to be strong and courageous? Do you want to be able to function? in the world um, with your enemies with courage and without fear well here's how you do it don't turn from the right hand or to the left but this book of the law should not depart from your mouth you should meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do all that is written on it have i come not commanded you be strong and courageous and so seeing that like man taking the time to see god rightly and to view god rightly and to read his word rightly will help us live rightly um, and having that in order, I think, is really, really important um, as we are approaching scripture and scriptural plans. That's that's awesome. I was thinking the other day um, as I was doing my Bible reading that sometimes and I'm, and I'm in I'm going through a, a devotional called um, the Bible recap and it has me in the Gospels right now. And, you know, the stories are very familiar and. Yeah. I had a sense sometimes like, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want this to just be so commonplace to where I'm just scanning it because I've heard this before. Yeah. Well, I read a story about the good Samaritan and had this like aha moment. And I, it's, it might be because I've been talking about this podcast with you yeah. and I told my family, I'm like, I'm sure you guys have figured this out, but I have never considered the story in this way. And, um, what it was, was the, um, I realized that, um, I was, I was the person in the ditch. 
and mm-hmm. the Good Samaritan was crying. And I, I could, I never made that connection. It's probably biblical people out there, like yeah. Christians out there, like, oh, that's pretty basic, Carlin. But for me, it was, it was very enlightening. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting when we approach scripture, important, I should say, that we, we don't see it as um, so familiar that we're um, closing ourselves off to the, to the spirit, teaching us something new from something that's familiar. So I think that's um, super important as well, because otherwise it can just become checking it off of our list and it becomes just a, you know, a rote reading and that's not what he would have us. Oh have yeah. I think, uh, I think even in that, like to that point, I think this is where we come to trust and believe that God's word is living and active yeah. and, and actively changing us. And so who you were the last time you read that story, hopefully is if you're a believer is different yes. than who you are this time you're reading. Yeah. And so knowing that as God transforms us from one degree of glory to another, um, hopefully by his grace, um, we are changing uh, how much and how deeply we understand scripture and what it means to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, and by what I mean, what it means to us is not that it has a different meaning for every person, but that we can grasp a deeper meaning every time we read. Um, when I talk about Bible intake, one of my favorite passages is Psalm 19, which talks about the, the, the word of the Lord. And it just talks about all of these different things. The word of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, sure, making simple the wise, making wise the simple, uh, right, rejoicing the heart, and the commandments are pure, which enlighten the eyes. And so it's just like, man, are you a person that wants to be revived? Like, do you want to be wise? Do you want your heart to rejoice? Do you want your eyes to be enlightened, to know how to live? Uh, then read the word. These are the direct consequences and reading of studying and knowing God's word, which ultimately is knowing his son. And so when we do these things and we continue to read and continue to approach the word over and over and over, this is what the Bible says will happen to us, which is such an encouraging thing to pray and to ask for in those moments that yeah, we really don't feel like reading at all because that feeling doesn't always come. And so part of a believer is doing what you know you ought to do, um, not necessarily what you want to do. And that's right. something that Elizabeth Elliot talks about all of the time, which I love from her. Okay. Life is so busy. The phone's yeah. buzzing, social media, you're getting your master's, you're having, you know, your life is busy. Everyone's yeah. life is busy, no matter what. How do we make this a habit without being legalistic about it? How do we, how does it become like breathing to us? Like we, we yes. can't imagine because some, some, some people will not start their day without exercising. How do we make time when the word and prayer yeah. the most important thing we do? Yeah. Um, I, ultimately, the first thing I'd say is pray about it and ask the Lord <laughs> to, increase your, to increase your desire and then um, set up accountability so you do it even if you don't desire it. <laughs> I think a lot of times we suit, we start with this really idealistic plan and then life gets in the way and we fall short. Like you say, okay, I'm going to get up and read for 45 minutes in the morning and then you miss your alarm and you actually only have 15 minutes. So often we actually don't even do 15 minutes because we don't think it's worth it because we can't keep with what we thought our perfect plan should be. So I would say, man, when you are building a new habit, shoot for consistency and creativity. Then remember the discipline part, like it's supposed to be hard. It's going to be hard. 
Um, especially if you have to build a new habit. If you've never done this before and your morning habit is being on your phone or uh, reading a book or doing your homework right away. Um, first of all, that tells me one, you're gonna have to build a new habit. So it's gonna take some time, but two, you should be encouraged because you already have habits in your life. Exactly. Maybe, maybe you don't know it yet, but you already have habits. And so, um, yeah, asking the Lord to help you focus and help you be creative and shoot for consistency over um, ideal. I think that that is really important, but also making it a part of your routine, making it a part of your day, and then even changing some things in your life to make it more ideal. So for example, I know a lot of people keep their phones on do not disturb or out of their rooms. Um, for right when they get up so that they're not even distracted by their phone and they know, hey, I'm not going to see any texts come through until 8 a.m. So I have from six until eight to get up or seven until eight or 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever that looks like for you. I think making it part of your routine and actually writing it down and then telling other people about it is really important. <laughs> I uh, recently told my small group that I was working on memorizing Romans 6. And so now they come up to me and they ask, okay, Clara, tell me how much you know of Romans 6, which means I have to know. <laughs> so telling people and having other people keep you accountable is really helpful too. That's great advice. Clara, thank you. You, as always, are just wealth of knowledge. And thank you for sharing that with us today. And we can't wait to see what you're, what the Lord's leading you for NatCon, for our bonjours and, and all that exciting things ahead. So um, you're a blessing as always. Um, and we appreciate you. Thanks, Carlin. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Take care.